0: Om Ajjnanat Mirandhasya Jnanjan Salakaya Chakshun Militam Jina Tasmai Sri Grave Namah Sri Chaitanya Manoh Histyam Sthapitam Jina Bhutali svayaṁ dadati dadāti-sāpadāntikaṁ sri gurusri śrī sri kamalam vaishna-mānśyaṁ vaishna śākṛjātaṁ śahagana Rahana Khanitam Dvamsa Jeevam Swaddhaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakharnitansyav He Krishna Karanāsindho Dīna-vandho jagat-pate Gopesa-gopika-kāntya kantya tat kan jan radhi binna khaneshani vikhavanu sute devi pranaamaami hari priye vancha kalpataru bhasya kripa sindubhay bachao Pratitanam Pavnebho Vaisnavibhadnamo Nama Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nittananda Sri Adyayta Gadadhar Sri Vashadhi Bhakta Vrindavam Hare Krishna Hare Krishna, Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama Rama, Rama, Rama Hare Hare <coughs> Introduction to Gita Upanishad by A.C. Bhakti Vedanta Shami, the author of Simant Bhagavatam, Easy Journey to Other Planets, editor of Back to Godhead, etc. Bhagavad Gita is known also Gita Upanishad, the essence of Vedic knowledge and one of the most important of the various Upanishads in Vedic literature. This Bhagavad-gītā, there are many commentations in English. And what is the necessity of another English commentation of the Bhagavad-gītā? can be explained in the following way. One One American lady, Mrs. Charlotte Devlin, asked me uh, or to recommend an English edition of Bhagavad-gītā, which he can read. Of course, in America there are so many editions of English Bhagavad-gītā, but so far I have seen that not only in America, but also India, none of them can be said strictly as authoritative, because almost every one of them have expressed their own opinion through the commentation of the Bhagavad-gītā without touching the spirit of Bhagavad-gītā, as it is. The spirit of Bhagavad-gītā is mentioned In the Bhagavad-gītā itself, it is just like this, if we want to take a particular medicine, then we have to follow the particular direction mentioned on the a label of the medicine. We cannot take the particular medicine according to our own direction or by the direction of a friend. But we have to take the medicine under the direction given on the level of the bottle and as directed by the physician. Similarly, the Bhagavad-gītā also should be taken or accepted as it is directed by the speaker himself, the speaker of the Bhagavad Gita is Lord Sri Krishna. He is mentioned in every page of the Bhagavad Gita as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Bhagavan. Of course, Bhagavan uh, is sometimes Designated to any powerful person or any powerful demigod. But here, Bhagavan is certainly designated to Sri Krishna, a great personality. But at the same time, we must know that Lord Sri Krishna, as is confirmed by all the acharyas. I mean to say, even Shankara Acharya, Ramanu Acharya, Madhya Acharya, Nim- and Sri Caitanya Mahaprabhu, and many others in India. There were many authoritative scholars and the Acharyas, I mean authorities of the Vedic knowledge, all of them, including Sankaracharya, has accepted Sri Krishna as the Supreme Personality of God. The Lord Himself has also established Himself as the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the Bhagavad-gītā, he is accepted so in the brahma sankhita and all Pūrāṇas, especially in the Bhagavad-pūrāṇam, Krishna to bhagavān Sam. So therefore <clears throat> we should take Bhagavad-gītā as it is directed by the personality of Godhead himself. So in the fourth chapter of Bhagavad-gītā the Lord says "Imang vivasati yūgaṁ aham abhayam vivaśyān manave praha Maru Rika bravit Bravik Parampra Praptam Evang Rajar Sayo Biduhu Sakali Neha Mahata Jugonasta Parantapa Sayayam Mayati Adya Juga Prakta Puratanaha Bhaktusi me Rasam Uttamam. <clears throat> the idea is, the Lord said to Arjuna, that this yoga, this system of yoga, Bhagavad-gītā, was first spoken by me to the sun god, and the sun-god explained to Mono, Manu. Manu explained to Ikaku, And in that way, by disciplic succession, one after another, this yoga system is coming, and in course of time, this system is now lost and therefore I am speaking to you the very same yoga system again, the very same old yoga system of Bhagavad Gita or Gita Upanishad because you are my devotee and you are my friend. Therefore it is uh, possible for you only to understand. Now the purpose is that Bhagavad-gītā is a, a treatise which is specially meant for the devotee of the Lord. There are three classes of transcendentalists, namely the jñāṇī, the yogi, and the bhaktā, or the impersonalist, or the meditator, or the devotees. So here it is clearly mentioned The Lord says to Arjuna that, I am speaking, or I am making you the first man of the paramparā. Because the old paramparā, or decidedly succession, is now broken, therefore I wish to establish again another paramparā in the same line of thought, as it was coming down from the sun-god to others. So you, you take it and you distribute it. Or the system, the yoga system of Bhagavad-gītā may now be distributed through you, you become the authority of understanding Bhagavad Gita. Now here is a direction that Bhagavad Gita is especially instructed to Arjuna, the devotee of the Lord, the direct student of Krishna, and not only that. He is intimately in touch with Krishna as friend. That for Bhagavad Gita is understood by a person who has similar qualities like Krishna. That means he must be a devotee, he must be in relation, direct relationship with the Lord. As soon as one becomes a devotee of the Lord, he has a direct relationship also with the Lord. That is a subject matter, uh, very long, but briefly it can be stated that a devotee is in relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead in five ways. Uh, one may be a devotee in a passive state. One may be a devotee uh, in active state. One may be a devotee as a friend. One may be a devotee as parent, and one may be a devotee, as conjugal lover. So Arjuna was a a devotee in relationship with the Lord as a friend. The Lord can become a friend. Of course, this friendship and the conception of friendship which you have got In the mundane world, uh, there is a gulf of difference. This is transcendental friendship, which uh, not not that everyone will have uh, the relationship with the Lord. Everyone has got a particular relationship with the Lord, and that particular relationship is evoked by the perfection of devotional service. At the present status of our life, we have not only forgotten the Supreme Lord, but also we have forgotten our uh, eternal relationship with the Lord. Every living being, out of many, many, millions and billions of living beings. Each and every living being has got a particular relationship with the Lord eternally. That is called sarup. Sarup. And by the process of devotional service, one can revive that Sarup of oneself. And that stage is called Sarup Siddhi, perfection of one's constitutional position. So, Arjuna was, in, was a devotee and he was in touch with the Supreme Lord in a friendship. Now, this Bhagavad Gita was explained to Arjun and how Arjun accepted it, that should also be noted. How Arjun accepted the Bhagavad Gita is mentioned in the tenth chapter, just like Arjun Ubacha. Param Brahma Param Dhamma Pavitram Paramam Bhavan Purusam Sasatam Dibyam Adi Deva Ajang Bhu Ahustyam Rishaya Sarve devarsi Narada Sathar Osita Devala bhyāsah, Sayancheva bravissime ve sarva-metat-ritaña-manne mana bhada nahi te bhagavāna-vaktiṁ viduddhīvā Now Arjuna says, after hearing Bhagavad-gītā from the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he accepts Krishna as Param Brahma, the supreme Brahma. Brahma, every living being is Brahma, but the supreme living being, or the supreme personality of God is the supreme Brahma or supreme living being and Paramdhama Paramdhama means he is the supreme rest of everything and pavitra, Pavitrang means he is pure from material contamination and his address at Purusam gurusam, means the Supreme, enjoyer. Sāsatam. Sāsatam means from very beginning. He is the first person. Dibba transcendental. Deva, and the Supreme Personality of have got never born. Vibhūma, the greatest. Now, one may uh, uh, doubt that because Krishna was uh, the friend of Arjuna, therefore he might say all these things to his own friend. But Arjuna, uh, just to uh, drive out this kind of doubt in the mind, of the readers of Bhagavad-gītā, he establishes his proposition by the authorities. He says that Lord Sri Krishna is accepted as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, not only by himself, Arjuna, but he is so accepted by authorities Like Narada, Asita, Devala, Vyasa. These personalities are great personalities in uh, distributing the Vedic knowledge accepted by all Acharyas. Therefore, Arjuna says that whatever you have spoken, so far to me, I accept them as a completely perfect. Sarvameetapanni. I I take it, I believe it, that whatever you have spoken, they are all right. And your personality. Your personality of Godhead is uh, very difficult to understand. And uh, therefore uh, you cannot be known by uh, even the demigods. You cannot be known even by the demigods. That means the Supreme Personality, Godhead, cannot be known even by greater personalities than the human being and how a human being can understand Sri Krishna without becoming his devotee. Therefore a Bhagavad Gita should be taken up in a spirit of devotee of Lord Sri Krishna. One should not think that he is equal on the same level of Sri Krishna, or one should not think that he is an ordinary personality, maybe a very great personality. No. Lord Sri Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Uh, so, at least theoretically, on the statement of Bhagavad Gita, or on the statement assertion of Arjuna, the, the person who is trying to understand the Bhagavad Gita, we should accept Sri Krishna as the supreme personality of Godhead, and then, with that submissive spirit, unless. One receives this Bhagavad-gītā in a submissive spirit, an oral reception. It is very difficult to understand Bhagavad-gītā because it is a great mystery. <clears throat> so in this Bhagavad-gītā we may survey uh, what is this Bhagavad-gītā? This Bhagavad-gītā is meant for uh, delivering persons, persons, from the knee science of this material existence. Every man is in difficulty, since... Uh, so many ways, and as Arjuna also was in difficulty in the matter of fighting the battle of Kurukshetra, and as such he surrendered unto Sri Krishna, and therefore this Bhagavad Gita was spoken. Similarly, not only Arjuna, but Every one of us is always full of anxieties due to our, this material existence, asad-grahāya. graha. is, uh, our existence is in the uh, environment or atmosphere of non-existence, but actually We are not uh, non-existent. Our existence is eternal. But somewhere or other, we are put into this asat. Asat means which does not exist. Now, out of so many human beings who are actually inquiring about his position as to what he is. Why he is put into this awkward position of suffering? Uh, uh, Unless one is open to this position, that, why I am suffering? I do not want all these sufferings. I have tried to make a solution of all these sufferings, but I have failed. Unless one is in that position, he is not to be considered a perfect human being. Humanity begins when this sort of inquiries are awakened in one's mind. In the Brahma-sutra, this inquiry, this is called Brahmajjjnasa. Adhadu Brahmajjjnasa. And every activity of a human being is to be considered a failure without having this inquiry in his mind. So, persons who have awakened this inquiry into his mind as to what I am, why I am suffering, where from I have come, or where I shall go after death. But when these inquiries come or in the uh, in, uh, in the mind of a sane human being, then he is practically the, the right student for understanding Bhagavad Gita. And he must be Sadhava. Sraddhava, he must have a respect, a firm respect in the Supreme Personality of God. Such a person as the ideal person was Arjuna. So, uh, so Lord Krishna, He uh, descends yada dharmasya bhavuti, just to establish the real purpose of life. When man forgets the real purpose of life, the mission of human, a form of life, uh, then it is called dharma uh, the uh, disturbance of the occupation of human being. So in that circumstances, uh, out of many, many human beings who uh, awakens, one who awakens the spirit, of understanding his position. For him, this Bhagavad-gītā is spoken. We are just like swallowed by the tigress of nīsās, and Lord being causelessly merciful upon the living entities especially for the human being, he spoke. Bhagavad Gita, making his friend Arjuna as the student. Arjuna was certainly a, a, being an associate of Lord Krishna. He was above all ignorance. But still, Arjuna was put into ignorance in the battlefield of Kurukshetra just to question about the problems of life to the Supreme Lord, so that the Lord can explain them for the benefit of future generation of human beings to chalk out the plan of his life and act in that way so that his life, his mission of human life can be perfect. So in this Bhagavad-gītā, the subject matter is comprehending five different truths. The first truth is, uh, what is God? It is the preliminary study of the science of God. So that science of God is explained here. Next, the the constitutional position of the living entities, jīvā. Ishara and Jiva. The Lord, the Supreme Lord is called Ishara. Ishara means controller. And Jiva, the living entities and the jivas, they, the living entities, they are not Ishara or the controller. They are controlled. Uh, artificially, if they, I say that I'm not controlled, I'm free, uh, this is not uh, the sign of a sane man. A living being is controlled in every respect. At least in his conditioned life, he is controlled. So. In this Bhagavad Gita, the subject matter comprehends about the Ishara, the supreme controller, and about the controlled living entities and Prakriti, the nature, the material nature, and next the time, a duration of existence of the uh, whole universe or this uh, manifestation of the material nature and the duration of time or the eternal time and karma. Karma means activity. Everything, uh, the whole universe, whole manifestation, cosmic manifestation, uh, is full of different activities. Uh, the living being, uh, especially, they are all engaged in different activities. So we have to study from the Bhagavad-gītā, uh, isha, what is God, jīva, what are these living entities, and Prakriti, what is this, Cosmic manifestation and how it is controlled by time, and what are these activities. Now, out of these five subject matter, in the Bhagavad Gita it is this that the Supreme Godhead or Krishna or brahma, or paramātmā, you may call, whatever you like, but the supreme controller, there is a supreme controller. So the supreme controller is the greatest of all. And the living beings, they are in quality, and like the uh, Supreme Controller. Just like the uh, Supreme Controller, uh, the Lord, He has control over the uh, universal affairs, over the material nature. How it will be explained in the later chapters of Bhagavad-gītā that this material nature, is not independent. She is acting under the direction of the Supreme Law. mayā dhakṣeṇa prakṛti This material nature is working under my direction, mayā under my superintendence. So we we are mistaken when we see wonderful things happening in the cosmic nature. We should know that behind these wonderful manifestations, there is a controller. Nothing can be manifested without being controlled. It is childish to uh, not to consider about the controller. Uh, just like a, a very nice motor car with very good speed and a very good engineering arrangement is running on this street, uh, a child may think that how this motor car is running without the help of any horse or any pulling agent. But a sane man or an elderly person, he knows that in spite of all engineering arrangements in the motor car, without the driver it cannot move that engineering arrangement of a motor car, or an electric powerhouse. Now, at the present moment, it is the day of machinery. But we should always know that behind the machinery, behind the wonderful working of the machinery, there is a driver. So the Supreme Lord, is the driver of he Is the supreme personality under whose direction everything is working? Now these jiva, are the living entities. They have been accepted by the Lord in this Bhagavad Gita, as we we'll know it in later chapters. That so they are parts and parcels of the supreme Lord mamayivāṁsa-jīva-bhūta. Ānsa means parts and parcels. Now, as the particle of gold is also particle, a drop of water of the ocean is also salty. Similarly, we, the living entities, being part and parcels of the Supreme, uh, Controller Ishara, uh, Bhagavan, our Lord Sri Krishna, we have got, uh, I mean to say, uh, uh, qualitatively, all the uh, qualities of the Supreme Lord in mind. Uh, because we are minute Ishara, subordinate Ishara. We are also trying to control. We are just trying to control over the nature. In the present days. we are trying to control over the space. Uh, we are trying to uh, float imitation uh, planets. Uh, so this tendency of controlling or creating uh, is there because partially, We have got that controlling uh, Mm. tendency. But we should know that this tendency is not sufficient. We have the tendency of controlling over the material nature, uh, lording it over the material nature. But we are not the supreme controller. Uh, That thing is explained in the... uh, Bhagavad-gītā. Then, what is this material nature? The nature is also explained. The nature, material nature, is explained in the Bhagavad-gītā as inferior, inferior prakriti, Inferior prakriti, and the living... Entities are explained as the superior Prakriti. Prakriti means which is controlled, uh, which is under uh, Prakriti. Real meaning of Prakriti is uh, uh, a woman or a female. Just like uh, a husband controls the activities of his. Why? Similarly, the Prakriti is also a, a subordinate, predomi- predominated. The Lord, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is the predominator, and this Prakriti, both the living entities and the material nature, they are different prakītis, or predominated, controlled by the Supreme. So according to Bhagavad-gītā, the living entities, although they are parts and persons of the Supreme Lord, they are taken as prakriti. This clearly mentioned in the seventh chapter of the Bhagavad-gītā, Yes. Aparayam, uh, itasu vidhi, apara. This material nature is apara. Yeah, itasthu. And beyond this, there is another prakriti. And what is that prakriti? Uh, this. So, this prakriti, the constitution of this prakriti is uh, constituted by three qualities. The mode of goodness, the mode of passion, and mode of ignorance. And about these modes, three different kinds of modes, goodness, passion, and, uh, I mean to say, Hmm. ignorance, there is eternal time. There is eternal time, and by combination of these modes of nature and under the control, under the purview of this eternal time, there are activities. There are activities which is called karma. These activities, are, are, being done uh, from time immemorial. And we are uh, suffering or enjoying the fruits of our activities. Just like in the present life also, we enjoy the activities, the fruits of our activities. Suppose I am a businessman, and I have very worked very hard with intelligence and I have amassed uh, a vast amount of uh, bank balance. Uh, now I am the enjoyer similarly, uh, suppose I started my business with a vast amount of money by I failed to make it successful. I lost all the money, so I am sufferer so. Similarly, in every field of, of life, we enjoy, we enjoy the result of our work. This is called karma. So these things, uh, ishara jīva, prakriti are the Supreme Lord, are the living entity, the material nature, the eternal time, and Uh, our different activities, Uh, these things are explained uh, in the Bhagavad-gītā. Now, out of these five, the Lord, the living entities uh, and the material nature and time, these four items are eternal. Now, manifestation, manifestation of prakriti, uh, may be temporary, but uh, it is not false. Uh, some philosophers say that this manifestation of material nature is false. But according to uh, uh, the philosophy of Bhagavad-gītā, or according to the philosophy of the uh, uh, Vaishnavas, uh, they do not accept the manifestation of the world as false. They accept that the manifestation is real, but it is temporary. It is just like a cloud takes place in the sky, and the rainy season begins. And after the rainy season, there are so many new green vegetation all over the field, we can see. And as soon as the rainy season is finished, and then the cloud is vanquished, generally, gradually, all these vegetation dry up, and again the land becomes barren. Similarly, these... Material manifestation takes place at a certain interval. We will uh, understand it, we will know it from the pages of the Bhagavad-gītā. Bhutta-bhutta-praliyate. These manifestations become a, a, a magnificent uh, at a certain interval, and again it disappears. That is the work of the prakriti. But it is uh, working eternally. That the Prakriti is eternal. It is not false. Uh, because the Lord has accepted uh, uh, mama, mama Prakriti, my Prakriti. Aparayam itas tu vidhime prakriti para. Vinna Prakriti. Vinna Prakriti, apurā Prakriti. This material nature is a uh, uh, separated energy of the Supreme Lord, and um, uh, the living entities, they are also energy of the Supreme Lord, but they are not separated. They are eternally related. So uh, the Lord, the living entity, the uh, nature, material nature, and time, they are all eternal. But uh, the The other item, karma, is not eternal. The effects of karma or activity uh, may be very uh, old. We are suffering or enjoying the results of our activities from a time immemorial. But uh, still we can change the, the result of our karma or activity. That will depend on our perfect knowledge. We are engaged in various activities undoubtedly, but we do not know what sort of activities we shall adopt that will give us relief from the actions and reactions of all activities. That is also explained in the Bhagavad Gita. Now the position of Ishara is a supreme consciousness. Position of Ishara, or the Supreme Lord, is Supreme Consciousness. And the Jivas are the living entities. Uh, being parts and parcels of the Supreme Lord, He is also conscious. A uh, living entity is also conscious. The living entity is explained as prakriti, energy, and the um, uh, material nature is also explained as prakriti. But amongst the two, one prakriti, the jīvas, they are conscious. The other prakriti is not conscious. That is the difference. Therefore, the jiva prakriti is called superior because the jiva has consciousness similar to the Lord. The Lord is supreme consciousness. One should not claim that he a jiva, a living entity is also supremely conscious. No, a living being cannot be supremely conscious at any stage of his perfection. Uh, uh, This is uh, a misleading theory. Uh, This is misleading theory. But he is conscious, that's all. But he is not supreme conscious. The supreme conscious, it will be explained in the Bhagavad-gītā, uh, in the chapter where uh, the distinction between the Jiva and Ishara is explained, Khetra Khetragya. Uh, this Khetragya has been explained that the Lord is also Khetragya or uh, conscious, and uh, the Jivas or the living beings, they are also conscious. But the difference is. That uh, a living being is conscious uh, within his limited body, but the hmm. Lord is conscious of all bodies. The Lord lives within the core of heart in every living being, therefore, He is conscious of the uh, psychic movements, activities of the Lord, of the uh, particular jīva. Uh, we should not forget, it is also explained, that the paramātmā, uh, and the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is living in everyone's heart as Ishvara, as the controller. And man. He is giving direction. He is giving direction. such caham Every oh. Everyone's heart, he is situated, and he gives direction to act as he desires. The, the living entity forgets what to do. First of all, he makes his determination to act in a certain way. And then he is entangled in the actions and reactions of his own karma. But after giving up one type of body, when he enters another type of body, just like we give up one kind of dress, one type of dress for another type of dress. Similarly, it is explained in this Bhagavad-gītā that vāsaṁśi-jīnāni uh, one, as one changes his different dresses. Similarly, the living entities, they are also changing different bodies, transmigration of the soul, and pulling on the uh, actions and reactions of his uh, past activities. So uh, these activities uh, can be changed. When a, a living being is uh, in the mode of goodness, in sanity, and he understands what sort of activities he should adopt, and if he does so, then the whole actions and reactions of his past activities can be changed. Therefore karma is not eternal. Other things, out of the four Five items, Ishara, Jiva, Prakriti, uh, Kala and Karma. Uh, these uh, four items are eternal whereas the Karma, the item known as Karma, uh, that is not eternal. Now the, the Conscious Ishara, the Supreme Conscious Ishara, And the difference between uh, Mm. Supreme Conscious Isha, the Lord, and the living being is, uh, in the present circumstances, is like this. Consciousness, consciousness of uh, Mm. uh, both of the Lord and uh, and the living entities, uh, they are, uh, this con- consciousness is transcendent. It is not that this consciousness is generated uh, by the association of uh, this matter. That is a mystical idea. The theory that consciousness develops under certain circumstances of material combination, is not accepted in the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, consciousness may be pervertedly reflected uh, by the cover of uh, cover of uh, material circumstances. Just like light uh, reflected through a colored glass may seem uh, according to the color. Similarly, uh, the consciousness of uh, Lord uh, it is not materially affected. The Supreme Lord, just like Krishna, uh, where He says that Maya when He He descends in this material world, His consciousness is not materially affected. Had his consciousness been materially affected, he was uh, unfit to speak about the transcendental subject matter in the Bhagavad-gītā. One cannot say uh, anything about the transcendental world without being free from the materially contaminated consciousness. So the Lord was not materially contaminated. But our consciousness at the present moment is materially contaminated. So whole thing as the Bhagavad Gita teaches, we have to purify the materially contaminated consciousness. And in that pure consciousness, the actions will be done. Uh, uh, That will make us happy. We cannot stop. Uh, We cannot stop our activity. The activities are to be purified. And these purified activities are called uh, bhakti. Bhakti means they they appear also just like ordinary activity, but uh, uh, they are not contaminated activities. They are purified activities. So an ignorant person may see that a devotee is working like an ordinary man, but a person with poor fund of knowledge, he does not know that the activities of a devotee or the activities of the Lord then not contaminated by the impure <coughs> consciousness of matter, the impurity of the three goodest modes of nature, the transcendental consciousness. So our consciousness is materially contaminated, we should know. Now, uh, when uh, um, uh, we are uh, such materially contaminated, that is called our condition stage, continent stage. And the false ego, the false consciousness, the false consciousness is uh, exhibited under the impression that I am one of the product of this material nature. That is called false ego. The whole material activities, jasatma uh, buddhi kunapet ke. Jasatma buddhi kunapet vidhatu ke. One who is absorbed in the thought of bodily conception. Now, the whole Bhagavad Gita was explained by the Lord because. Arjuna represented himself with bodily conception. So one has to get free from the bodily conception of life. That is the preliminary activity for a transcendentalist. Who wants to get free, (coughs) who wants to be liberated, he has to learn first of all that he is not this uh, material body. So, this consciousness, material consciousness, when we are freed from this material consciousness, that is called mukti. Mukti or liberation means to become free from material consciousness, and the. And the bhagavat also, the definition of liberation is said, mukti hitva Natharupam avaṣṭhiti. Sarūpena avastiti." Mukti means liberation from the contaminated consciousness of this material world and To become situated in pure consciousness. And uh, uh, the whole instruction, instruction of Bhagavad Gita is targeted to awaken that pure consciousness. We find in the last stage of the instruction of Bhagavad Gita that Krishna is asking Arjuna whether is now in purified consciousness. Whether he was in purified consciousness, the purified consciousness is to act according to the direction of the Lord. That is purified consciousness. That is the whole sum and substance of a purified consciousness. And consciousness is already there. But because we are part and parcels, therefore we are affected. There is affinity of being affected by the material modes. But the Lord being supreme, He is never affected. He is never affected. That is the difference between the Lord and the Supreme uh, supreme Lord and uh, the... Now, this consciousness is... What is this consciousness? This consciousness is uh, uh, that I am. What I am? When uh, in contaminated consciousness, this I am means that I am the Lord of all I serve. Him. This is impure consciousness. And I am the enjoyer. The whole material world is moving that every living being is thinking that I am the uh, Lord and I am the creator of this material world. Uh, the, The consciousness has got two psychic movement or and two psychic divisions. One is that I am the creator, and the other is I am the enjoyer. So that the Supreme Lord is actually the creator, and he is actually the uh, enjoyer. And the living entities, being part and parcel of the Supreme Lord, he is not actually the creator or the enjoyer, but he is a cooperator. Just like the whole machine, the part of the machine is a cooperator, is a cooperator. Or if we can study just the constitution of our body. Now, in the body, the There are hands, there are legs, uh, there are eyes, and all these instruments working. But all these parts and parcels of the body, they are not enjoyer. Uh, The stomach is the enjoyer. Uh, The leg is moving from one place to another. The hand is collecting. The hand is preparing food stuff, and... The teeth is chewing, and everything, all parts of body, are engaged in satisfying this stomach, because the stomach is the principal and fact within the organization of this body, and everything should be given to the stomach. Pranupahara chheti just like. You can see a tree uh, green by pouring water in the root, or you can become healthy. and uh, the parts of the body the hand, the leg, the eyes, the ears, the fingers, everything uh, uh, keeps in a healthy stage when uh, uh, the parts of the body cooperate with the stomach. Similarly, the supreme living being, the Lord, he is the enjoyer, he is the enjoyer, and he is the creator. And we, I man, I mean subordinate living beings, one, well, the products of the energy of the Supreme Lord, we are just to cooperate with him. That cooperation will help. Just uh, for example, a good foodstuff taken by the fingers. Uh, if the fingers uh, think that why should we give it to the stomach? Let us enjoy. Yeah. That is a mistake. Uh, the fingers are unable to enjoy. Uh, if fingers want the fruit of enjoyment of that particular foodstuff, uh, the fingers must put it into the star. But so the whole arrangement is that the central figure, central figure of uh, creation, the central figure of enjoyment is the uh, uh, Supreme Lord. And the living entities, uh, they are simply cooperate. By cooperation, by cooperation they enjoy. The, the, the relation is just like the master and the servant. If the master is ser- satisfied, if the master is fully satisfied, the servants are automatically satisfied. That is the law. Similarly, the Supreme Lord should be satisfied, although the tendency for becoming a creator And the tendency to enjoy this material world is uh, uh, there also, in the living entities, because it is uh, there in the Supreme Lord. He has created. He has created the manifested cosmic world. Therefore we shall find in this Bhagavad-gītā that the complete whole, comprising the supreme controller, the controlled living entities, the cosmic manifestation, the eternal time, and the activities, all of them are completely explained. So the... The whole thing, uh, taking together completely, is called the Absolute Truth. The complete whole, or the Supreme Absolute Truth, is therefore uh, the complete personality of Godhead, Sri As we have explained, that the manifestations are due to His different energies, and uh, he is the complete whole. The impersonal Brahman is explained in the Bhagavad Gita that impersonal Brahma is also subordinate to the complete person. Brahmanaham pratishtha. Impersonal Brahma is also, it is. Uh, the impersonal Brahma is a more explicitly explained in the Brahma Sutra as the uh, rays, as there is the rays of the sun sign, sun planet. Similarly, uh, the impersonal Brahma is the shining rays of the supreme Brahma or the supreme personality of God. Therefore impersonal brahma is incomplete realization of the absolute, complete whole, and so also the conception of paramātmā. These things are also explained. Kruṣotyaṁ When you shall read the chapter of Kruṣotyaṁ yo it will be seen that the Supreme Personality, Purusottam, is above the impersonal brahma, and partial realization of Paramatma. The Supreme Personality of God is called Sachidananda uh, Vigraha. In the Brahma Sanghita, uh, the beginning is started like this: Ishara parama Krishna, Sachidananda Vigraha, anadiradi Govinda, govindaḥ Govinda. Krishna is the cause of all causes. He is the prime hell. So, the Supreme Personality Godhead is Satchitananda Vigraha. Impersonal Brahman realization is the realization of His Sat part, eternity. And Paramatma realization is the realization of Satchit, eternal knowledge, part realization. But realization of the personality of Godhead as Krishna is realization of all the transcendental features like sat cit, and Ananda in complete vigraha. Vigraha means form. Uh, vigraha means form abhyaktaṁ oh. People with less intelligence, they consider uh, the Supreme Truth as impersonal. But uh, He is a person, He is transcendental person. This is confirmed in all Vedic literature. Nitya, nitya-nityanāṁ cetana-cetanā-nāṁ. So, Uh, As we are also persons, individual living beings, we are persons, we have got our individuality. Uh, We are all individuals. Similarly, the Supreme, True, the Supreme, Absolute, is also uh, the the ultimate issue. He is a person. But realization of the person of Godhead is realization of all the transcendental features like sāt, chit and ānanda incomplete complete vīgraha. Vīgraha means form. Therefore the complete whole is not formless. If he is formless or if he is less in any other thing, he cannot be complete whole. The complete whole must have everything within our experience and beyond our experience. Otherwise, he cannot be complete. The complete whole personality of Godhead has immense potencies. prasya is also explained in Bhagavad-gītā. Uh, how he is acting in different uh, uh, potencies. This phenomenal world, or the material world, where we are now put, is also complete by itself, because purnamidam. The twenty-four elements of which, according to Śāṅkha philosophy, the twenty-four elements of which this material universe is a temporary manifestation, are completely adjusted to produce complete things which are necessary for the maintenance and subsistence of this universe. No extraneous effort by any other unit is required for the maintenance of the universe. It has its own time fixed up by the energy of the complete whole, and when the time is complete, these temporary manifestations will be annihilated by the complete arrangement of the complete. There is complete facility for the small complete units, namely the living entities, to realize the complete. And all sorts of incompleteness is experienced on account of incomplete knowledge of the complete. So they... Bhagavad-gītā is the complete knowledge of the uh, Vedic wisdom. Uh, The whole Vedic knowledge is infallible. There are different examples how we take Vedic knowledge as infallible. Take for example, so far the Hindus are concerned and how they accept the Vedic knowledge as complete. Here is an insignificant example. Just like the cow dung, the cow dung is the stool of an animal. According to smriti or Vedic wisdom, if one touches the stool of an animal, he has to take his bath to purify himself. But in the Vedic scriptures, the cow dung is stated as pure. Rather, impure place or impure things are purified by touch of the cow dung. Now, if one argues how it is that in one place it is said that the stool of the animal is impure, in another place it is said that the cow dung, which is also the stool of an animal, it is pure. So it is contradictory. But actually, It may appear to be contradictory, but because it is Vedic injunction. And therefore, for our practical purposes, we accept it. And, And by that acceptance, we are not committing mistake. It has been found by modern chemists. Modern science, one doctor, uh, Lal Mohan Gosar, he has uh, very minutely analyzed the cow dung, and he has found the cow dung is uh, a composition of all antiseptic properties. Uh, So similarly he has also analyzed the water of the Ganges out of curiosity. So my idea is that Vedic knowledge is complete because it is above all and doubts and all Mm. uh, mistakes. And and Bhagavad-gītā is the essence of all Vedic knowledge. The Vedic knowledge is therefore infallible. It comes down through the perfect disciplic succession, therefore Vedic knowledge is is not a thing of research. Our research work is imperfect because we are searching everything with imperfect senses. Therefore the result of our research work is also imperfect. It cannot be perfect. We have to accept the perfect knowledge. The perfect knowledge is coming down. As it is stated in the Bhagavad Gita, just we have begun. Uh, Evaṁ we have to uh, receive the knowledge uh, from the right source in a disciplic succession of spiritual masters beginning from the Lord Himself. The uh, so Bhagavad Gita is spoken by the Lord Himself and uh, Arjuna, the mm-hmm. uh, I mean to say, the student who took lessons of the Bhagavad Gita, he accepted the whole story as it is, uh, without any mm-hmm. uh, cutting. Uh, that, was, that is also not allowed. That we accept a certain portion of Bhagavad Gita and reject another portion. That is also not accepted. We must accept the Bhagavad-gītā without interpretation, without any cutting, and without our own whimsical uh, participation in the matter, uh, because it should be taken as the most perfect, a Vedic knowledge. The Vedic knowledge is received from the transcendental sources because The first word was spoken by the Lord Himself. The word spoken by the Lord is called apograsiya, or not delivered by any person of the mundane world who is infected with four principles of imperfectness. A living being of the mundane world has four defective principles of its life, and there, one, that he must commit mistake, two, he must be sometimes illusion, and three, he must try to cheat others, and four, he is endowed with imperfect senses. With all these four principles of imperfectness, one cannot deliver the perfect form of information in the matter of all-pervading knowledge. The Vedas are not like that. The Vedic knowledge was imparted in the heart of Brahma, the first created living being, and Brahma, in his turn, disseminated the knowledge to his sons and disciples as they were originally received from the Lord. The Lord being Purnam or all-perfect there is no chance of his becoming subjected to the laws of material nature. One should, therefore, be intelligent enough to know that except the Lord, nobody is the proprietor of anything within the universe. That is explained in the Bhagavad-gītā. ahaṁ sarvasa prabhu, <laughs> sarvaṁ Iti, Matya, Bhajanti, Ma, Buddha, Samantha. The Lord is the original creator. He is the creator of Brahma. He is the creator, that is also explained. He is the creator of Brahma. In the 11th chapter, the Lord is addressed as Prapitama because Brahma is addressed as pitāmaha, the grandfather. But he is the creator of the grandfather also. So nobody should claim to be the proprietor of anything, but he must accept things which are set aside by the Lord as his quota of maintenance. Now, uh, there are many examples how we have to... Utilize the allotment of of the Lord. Uh, That is also explained in the uh, uh, Bhagavad Gita. Uh, The Arjuna, he uh, decided in the beginning that he should not fight. Uh, That was his own contemplation. Arjuna said to the Lord that it was not possible for him to enjoy the kingdom after killing his own kinsman, And that point of view was due to his conception of the body, because he was thinking that the body, was himself, and the bodily relatives, his brothers, his nephews, his father-in-law or his grandfather, they were expansion of his body, and he was thinking in that way to satisfy his bodily demands. And the whole thing was spoken by the Lord just to change the view, and he agreed to uh, work under the direction of the Lord, and um, he said, uh, 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 kauriṣi-vacanāṁ tāvā. Therefore, in this world, the human being is not meant for quarreling like the cats and dogs. They must be intelligent enough to realize the importance of the human life and refuse and to act like ordinary animals. He should, a human being should realize the aim of human life. This direction is given in all the Vedic literature and the essence is given in the Bhagavad-gita. The Vedic literature are meant for the human being And not for the cats and dogs. The cats and dogs can kill their eatable animals, and for that there is no question of sin or their part. But if a man kills an animal for the satisfaction of his uncontrolled test, he must be responsible for breaking the laws of nature and the... In the Bhagavad-gītā, it is clearly explained that there are three kinds of activities according to the different modes of nature, the activities of goodness, the activities of passion, the activities of ignorance. Similarly, there are three kinds of eatables also, Eh? Hmm? eatables, in, in goodness, eatables on passion, eatables on ignorance, they are all clearly uh, uh, described. And if we uh, properly utilize the instructions of the Bhagavad-gītā, then our whole life will become purified and, and ultimately we shall be able. To reach the destination, Jadgatyana निवर्तन्ति paramam परमंगमम् That information is given in the Bhagavad Gita. That beyond this uh, spiritual ma- material sky, there is another spiritual sky that is called Sanatan sky. In this sky, this covered sky, we find everything temporary. It, it is manifested, it stays for some time, gives us some byproduct, and uh, then uh, it becomes dwindling and then vanishes. That is the law of this material world. You take this body, you take a fruit or anything, what is created here, it has got its annihilation at the end. So, uh, beyond this temporary world, there is another world for which the information is there, the parastas mātu-bhāva-anyanā. is another nature uh, which is uh, eternal, sanātana, which is eternal, and the jīva. Uh, jīva is um, also described as sanātana, jiva Sanatana. Sanatana means eternal. And the Lord is also described as Sanatana in the 11th chapter. So, uh, because we have got intimate relation with the Lord, and and we are all qualitatively one, the Sanatana Dham and the Sanatana Supreme Personality. And the sanātana, living entities, they are on the same qualitatively plane. Therefore the whole target of Bhagavad-gītā is to refine our sanātana occupation, or sanātana, that is called sanātana-dharma, or eternal occupation of the living entity. We are now temporarily engaged in different activities, and all these activities being purified, when we give up all these temporary activities, sarva dharmana and when we take up the activity as deserved by the Supreme Lord, that is called our uh, pure life. Therefore, Sanatana dharma, as I mentioned above that the Supreme Lord is Sanatan, and the transcendental abode, which is beyond the spiritual sky, that is also Sanatan, and the living entities, they are also Sanātana. So association, of the Sanātana, uh, Supreme Lord, Sanatan living entities, in the Sanatan eternal abode, is the ultimate aim of human form of life. The Lord is so kind upon the living entities because the living entities have claimed to be all sons of the Supreme Lord. This Lord declares Every living, every type of living entity. There are different types of living entities, according to their different karma. But the Lord claims that He is the father of all living entities. And therefore the Lord descends to reclaim all these forgotten conditioned souls back to the Sanatan Dham, the sanātaṁ sky, so that the Sanatan living entity may again be in a Sanatan position, an eternal association of the Lord. He comes Himself by different incarnations. He senses a confidential servitor as sons, or associates, or ācāryas, to reclaim the conditioned souls, and mm, therefore sratana dhanma does not mean any sectarian process of religion. It is the eternal function of the eternal living entities in relationship with the eternal Supreme Lord. Now, so far, Sanātana-dharma is concerned, it means the eternal occupation. Sripāt Rāmanuja Acharya has explained the word sanātana as the thing which has neither any beginning nor any end. And when we speak of sanātana-dharma, we must take it for granted on the authority of Sripad Rāmānuta that it has no beginning nor any end. The uh, the word religion uh, is a little different from uh, Sanatana dharma. Religion conveys the idea of faith. Faith may change. One may have faith in a particular process, and he may change the faith afterwards and adopt another faith. But Sanatan Dharma means which cannot be changed. It cannot be changed, just like the water and liquidity. Liquidity cannot be changed from water, heat, and fire, heat cannot be changed from fire. Similarly, the eternal function of the eternal living entity, which is known as Sanatana Dharma, cannot be changed. It is not possible to change. We have to find out what is that eternal uh, Hmm. Hmm. function of the eternal uh, living entity. When we speak of Sanātana-dharma, therefore, we must take it for granted on the authority of Sripāra Ramanucharya that it has no beginning nor any end. The thing which has no end, no beginning, must not be any sectarian thing or limited by any boundary. When you hold on the conference and the Sanatana Dharma, people belonging to some of the non-eternal religious faith may wrongly consider it that we are dealing in some sectarian thing, but if we go deep into the matter and take everything in the light of modern science, it will be possible for us to see sanātana-dharma as the business of all the people of the world, nay all the living entities of the universe, non sanatan religious faith may have some beginning in the annals of the human society but there cannot be any history of the sanatan dharma because it continues to remain with the history of the living entities so far living entities are concerned we find it from the authority of the Shastras, the living entities have also no birth or death. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is clearly stated that the living entity is never born nor does it ever die. He is eternal, indestructible, and continues to live after the destruction of his temporary, material body. With reference to the above concept of sanātana-dharma, we may try to understand the concept of religion. From the Sanskrit root meaning of the word dharma, it means that which is constantly with the particular object, as we have already, mentioned. When we speak of fire, it is concluded at the same time that there is heat and light along with the fire. Without heat and without light, there is no meaning of the word fire. Similarly, we must find out the essential part of a living being which is always companion with him. That part of constant companion of the living being is His eternal quality, and the eternal part of the living being's quality is His eternal religion. When Sanātana Goshami asked Lord Śrī and Mahāprabhu about the sarūp, we have already discussed about the sarūp of every living being, sarūpa, or real constitution of the living being, the Lord replied that the constitutional position of the living being is to render service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But if we analyze this part of the statement of Lord Chaitanya, we can very well see that every living being is constantly engaged in the business of rendering service to another living being. A living being serves another living being in different capacities, and by doing so, the living entity enjoys life. A lower animal, serves a human being, a servant serves his master, A serves B master, B serves C master, and C serves D master, and so on. Under the circumstances, we can see that a friend serves another friend, and the mother serves the son, or the wife serves the husband, or husband, search the wife. If we go on searching in that spirit, it will be seen that there is no exception in the society of the living being, where we do not find the activity of service. The politician present his manifesto before the public, and convinces his voters about his service, capacity. The voter also gives the politician his valuable vote on expectation that the politician will give service to the society. The shopkeeper serves the customer, and the artisan serves the capitalist. The capitalist serves his family, and the family serves the headman in terms of the eternal capacity of eternal being. In this way we can see no living being is exempted from the practice of rendering service to other living being. And therefore we can conclude that service is a thing which is the constant companion of the living being, and therefore it may be safe, he concluded, that rendering of service by a living being is the eternal religion of the living being. When a man professes to belong to a particular type of faith with reference to the particular time and circumstances of birth, and thus one claims to be a Hindu, a Muslim, a Christian, Buddhist, or any other sect, and a sub-sect, such designations are non-sanākam A Hindu may change his faith to become a Muslim, or a Muslim may change his faith to become a Hindu or a Christian, etc. But in all circumstances, such change of religious faith does not allow a person to change his eternal engagement of rendering service to other. A Hindu or a Muslim or a Christian, in all circumstances he is servant of somebody, and thus to profess a particular type of faith is not to be considered as sanatam dharma But the constant companion of the living being, that is, rendering of service, is the sanātana-dharma. So factually we are related in the service relationship with the Supreme Lord. The Supreme Lord is the uh, supreme enjoyer and We, living entities, are eternally His supreme servitors. We are created for His enjoyment. And if we participate in that eternal enjoyment with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, that makes us happy not otherwise. Independently, as I have already explained, that independently, any part of the body, the hand, the feet, the fingers, or any part of the body, independently cannot be happy without cooperation in the stomach. Similarly, the living entity, can never be happy uh, uh, without rendering his uh, transcendental loving service to the Supreme Lord. Now, in the Bhagavad-gītā, the uh, uh, worship of different demigods is not approved It's not approved because uh, it is said in the Bhagavad Gita, 7th chapter, 20th verse. The Lord said, (coughs) Kamasthastha Hitagyana prapaddhanti anadevataha Kamasthastha Those who are Drifted by lust, only they worship uh, the demigods other than the Supreme Lord, Krishna. We also may remember that when we speak of Krishna, uh, it, it is not a sectarian name. The Krishna name means the highest pleasure, it is confirmed that the Supreme Lord is the reservoir, is the storehouse of all pleasure. We are all hankering after pleasure. Ānandamaya Abhyasa. <clears throat> the living entities or the Lord, because we are full of consciousness, Therefore, our consciousness is after happiness, and happiness. The Lord is also perpetually happy, and if we associate with the Lord, cooperate with Him, take part in His association, then also we become happy. The Lord descends on this mortal world to show his pastime in Vrindavan, full of happiness. When Lord Sri Krishna was in Vrindavan, his activities with his uh, cowherd boy's friend, with his dancers, with his friend, damsel friends and uh, with the mm, uh, inhabitants of Vrindavan and his uh, occupation of cow herding in his childhood and all these pastimes of Lord Krishna was full of happiness. The whole of Vrindavan, the whole population of Vrindavan, was after him. They did not know uh, except Krishna. Even Lord uh, Krishna uh, restricted his father Nanda Maharaj in worshipping the demigod uh, Indra because uh, he wanted to establish that people need not worship any other demigod, except the Supreme Personality of God. Because the ultimate aim of life is to return to the abode of uh, the Supreme Lord. Uh, the abode of... Uh, Lord Krishna is described in the Bhagavad Gita, 15th chapter, 6 verse. Nata bhasayati sujya, na sasanka, na pavukaha, jadgatya, na nivatanti, tadhyamam, paramam mama. Now, The description of that eternal sky, when we speak of sky, because we have material conception of the sky, therefore we think of sky with sun, moon, stars like that. But the Lord says, that the eternal sky, there is no need of sun. na tad <inaudible> suja. śūrya, na no sasāṅkha, no pāvaka. Neither in that eternal sky there is need of moon. na no pāvaka means neither there is necessity of electricity or fire for illuminating because the spiritual sky is already illuminated by the uh, Brahma Jyoti, Brahma Jyoti, Yasaprabha, the uh, rays of the Supreme Abode. Now in these days, when people are trying to reach other planets, it is not very difficult to understand the abode of the Supreme Lord. The abode of the Supreme Lord is in the spiritual kai and it is named as Goloka. In the Brahma Sanghita it is very nicely described. Goloka eva nivasati akhila atma bhuta. The Lord although resides eternally in his abode, Goloka, Still, he is akhila atma Bhuta. He can, he can be approached from here also. And uh, the Lord, therefore, comes to manifest His real form, Sachidananda, Bigraha. To, so that we may not have to imagine. There is no question of imagination. The Lord's presence, by His causeless mercy, He presents Himself in His ksama Unfortunately, uh, uh, people with less intelligence deride at Him. Because the Lord comes as one of us and just like plays with us as a human being, therefore we need not consider that Lord is one of us. It is His only potency that He presents Himself with His real form before us, and displays His past times, just the prototype of His abode. So that abode of Lord, there are innumerable planets also in that Brahma-Jyoti, just like we have got innumerable planets floating on the sun rays. Similarly, in the Brahma Jyoti, which is emanating from the abode of the Supreme Lord, Krishna loka Goloka, Ananda Chinmaya Rasa all those planets are spiritual planets. They are aranda Chinma. They are not material planets. So the Lord says, na tad bhāsavate na sasāṅka na pāṁta yad-gatya Now anyone who can approach that spiritual sky Will not be required to come back again in this material sky. So long we are in the material sky. What to speak of approaching the moon planet? The moon planet, of course, is the nearest planet. But if we approach the highest planet, which is called Brahmaloka, there also, we have these same miseries of material life. I mean to say, the miseries of birth, death, old age, and diseases. No planet in the material universe is free from the four principles of material existence. The Lord, therefore, says in the Bhagavad-gītā, āvraṁ mā Lokan, lōkāṁ punurāvartya nā living entities are traveling from one planet to another. It is not that we can simply go to other planets by the mechanical, mechanical arrangement of this putnik. Anyone who desires to go to other planet, there is process. Janti deva brata janti pitri If anyone wants to go to any other planet say, moon planet. We need not try to go by this sputnik. The Bhagavad-gītā, in the steps, yānti devān, these moon planets or sun planets or the planets above these bhūlokā, uh, they are called sarguloka sarguloka bhuloka ghumarloka sarguloka they are different status of planets so devaloka they are known just like that the bhagavad gita gives a very simple formula that you can go to the higher planets devaloka jñānti deva-vṛtā devā. jñānti deva-vṛtā devā. deva-vṛtā, if we practice the process of worshiping the particular demigod, then we can go to that particular planet also. We can go to the sun planet we can go to the moon planet, we can go to the heavenly planet, but Bhagavad-gītā does not advise us to go to any one of these planets in the material world. Because even we go to the Brahma-loka, the highest planet, which is calculated by the modern scientist, that we can reach the highest planet by traveling with Sputniks for 40,000s of years. Now, it is not possible to live forty thousand of years and reach the highest planet of this material universe. But if one devotes his life in the worshipment of the particular demigod, he can approach the particular planet, uh, as it is stated in the Bhagavad-gītā, deva Pitri indyanti Pitri Brutaha. Similarly, there is Pitri Loka. Similarly, one who uh, likes to approach the Supreme Planet, Supreme Planet, the Supreme Planet means the Krishna Loka. In the spiritual sky, there are innumerable planets, Sanatana planets, eternal planets, which are never destroyed and hidden. But uh, of all those spiritual planets, there is one planet, the hmm. original planet, which is called Goloka Vrindavan. So these informations are there in the Bhagavad-gītā and we are given the opportunity for living this material world and get our eternal life in the eternal kingdom. Now, in the fifteenth chapter of the Bhagavad-gītā, the real picture of this material world is given it is said that the urdhāmūlam madhu śākhām asattham prāhurabhyam chaṇḍāngṣī yaspaṇṇāṇī dastang bhīda now this material world is described in the fifteenth chapter of the Bhagavad-gītā as a tree which has got its root upwards. Urdhva-mulaṁ. Right. Have you experience of any tree which has its root upwards, we have got this experience of a tree root upwards by reflection. If we stand on the bank of a river or any reservoir of water, we can see that the tree on the bank of the reservoir of water is reflected in the water as drunk downwards and the root upwards. So this material world is practically a, a reflection of the spiritual world. Just like the reflection of the tree on the bank of a reservoir of water is seen downwards, Similarly, this material world—it it is called shadow, shadow. And as in the shadow, there cannot be any reality. But at the same time, from the shadow, we can understand that there is reality. The example of shadow, in the shadow of water, in the desert, suggests that in the desert there is no water, but there is water. Similarly, in the reflection of the spiritual world, or in this material world, there is undoubtedly, there is no happiness, there is no water. But the real water or the actual happiness is in the spiritual world. The Lord suggests that that one has to reach that spiritual world and the falling manner. nirmāna-mohā nirmāna-mohā adhyātma-nityā vinivirtya dandai vimuptyā sukha-dukha-saṅgai gacchantya-mūrā padama abhyam That, that padama abhyam, that eternal kingdom can be reached by one who is nirmano-moha. Nirmano-moha. Nirmano Moha. Nirmano Moha. means we are after designations. Artificially, we want some designations. Oh. Somebody wants to become Sar. Somebody wants to become a lord. Somebody wants to become the president, or somebody wants to become a rich man. Somebody wants to become something else, king. All these designation. So long, we'll have attachment for all these designation. Because after all, these designations belong to the body, and we are not this body. This is the first conception of spiritual realization. So, one has no attraction for designation, and jita sangodusa, Now, we are associated with the three modes of material qualities. And if we become detached by devotional service of the Lord, so long we are not attracted by devotional service of the Lord, we cannot be detached from the three modes of material nature. Therefore the Lord says, vini kama These designations and these attachments are due to our lust, desire. We want to lord it over the material nature. So, so long we do not give up this propensity uploading lording it over the material nature, uh, up to that time there is no possibility of going back to the kingdom of the Supreme, the Sanātana, Dhamma. vimaktā saṅgai amūrā, amūrā that eternal kingdom, which is uh, never destructible like this material world, can be approached by amūra. Amura means a non-bewilder, one who is not bewildered by the attraction of this false enjoyment. And by uh, One is situated in the supreme service of the Lord. He is the right person to approach that eternal kingdom. And uh, that eternal kingdom does not require any sun, any moon, or any electricity. Uh, That is the glimpse idea of... uh, Approaching of the of the eternal kingdom. In another place of the Bhagavad Gita, it is also said that Abhakta, akhara ittuktah samahu paramam gatim jantapnaanivartanti tadhamoparo. Now, abhakta means not manifested Even the part of material world is not manifested before us, our senses are so imperfect that we cannot see how many stars, how many planets there are in this material universe. Of course, through the Vedic literature we get information of all the planets. We may believe or not believe. But uh, all the important planets in which we have connection, uh, they are described in Vedic literature, especially in the Samadhaphaya bhagavatam But uh, the spiritual world, which is, which is beyond this material sky, bhavo Anyam, but that Abhakta, that not manifested, spiritual God, is the Paramangati. That is, one should desire, one should hanker after reaching that Supreme Kingdom, and once approaching that Supreme Kingdom, jang prapa, one approaching or one achieving that Supreme Kingdom, non and uh, one hasn't got to return back to this material world. And that place, which is um, the eternal abode of love, uh, that uh, from where we haven't got to return, that is our, that should be our... Now, A question may be raised, what is the way, how to approach the supreme abode of the Lord? That is also described in the Bhagavad-gītā. It is said on the eighth chapter, uh, verses five, six, seven, eight. The process of approaching the Supreme Lord, or Supreme Lord's abode, is also given there. It is said like this: Antakali Chamameva smaran muktiya varam yaprayāti-samad-bhāvam yati nas Antukāle, at the end of life, at the time of death, death antukāle cha mame One who uh, thinks of Krishna. Smaran, if he can remember a, a dying person at the time of death, if he remembers the form of Krishna, and while remembering in that way, if he quits the present body, then surely He approaches the spiritual kingdom, madbhāvaṁ. Bhāvaṁ means the spiritual, a uh, uh, nature. ya prayati sa madbhāvaṁ yāti. Madbhāvaṁ means just like uh, the nature, of the transcendental nature of the Supreme Being. As you have described above, that, uh, uh, that the Supreme Lord is Sachidananda Bigraha. He has his form, but his form is eternal, Sat, and full of knowledge, chit, and full of bliss, ānanda. Now just we can compare our present body, whether this body is saccidāṇanda. No. This body is asat, instead of being sat, it is asat antavat tu ha bhagavad gita says that this body is antavat perishable and eh sat ananda then instead of becoming sat it is asat just the opposite and Instead of becoming chit, full of knowledge, it is full of ignorance. We have no knowledge of the spiritual kingdom. Neither we have got any perfect knowledge of this material world. So many things are to us. Therefore, this body is ignorant. Instead of becoming full of knowledge, it is ignorant. The body is perishable, full of ignorance, and uh, nirānanda, instead of becoming full of bliss, it is full of miseries. All the miseries that we experience in this material world, it is all due to this body. The Lord says that, uh, mm-hmm. maran muktā One who quits this material body simply by remembering Lord Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he at once gets the spiritual body of Satchinananda Vigraha. The process of quitting this body and getting another body in the material world is also organized. A man dies after it has been decided what form of body he will have in the next life. But that is decided by higher authorities. Just like according to our service, We are promoted or degraded. Similarly, according to our acts, we are acts of this life. The activities of this life are preparation ground for the next life. We are preparing for our next life by our activities of this life. So if we can prepare our this life for getting promotion to the kingdom of God, then surely after leaving, after quitting this material body, the Lord says, Japriati, one who goes. So, Madhavhava Jati. And, mother, how He gets the same spiritual body as the Lord has, or the same spiritual nature. Now, there are different kinds of transcendent interest. As we have already explained above, the, the, the brahmavādī, the Vadi and the devotees. In spiritual sky, or in the Brahma-jyoti, there are spiritual planets, innumerable spiritual planets. We have already discussed. And the number of those planets, are far, far greater than all the universes of this material world. This material world is ekāṁ sena jagat. This is one-fourth part manifestation of the whole creation. Three-fourth part of the creation is the spiritual world. Uh, And in the one-fourth part of this creation, there are millions of universes like this, which we are experiencing at the present moment. And in one universe, there are millions and billions of planets. So there are millions and billions of suns and stars and moons and all this material world, but all this material world constitute, constitute only one-fourth manifestation of the whole creation. The three-fourth manifestation is in the spiritual sky. Now this madhavam, one who desires to merge into the existence, of the Supreme, Brahman, they merge in the Brahma-jyoti of the Supreme Lord. Madhava means that Brahma-jyoti as well as the spiritual planets in the Brahma-jyoti and the devotees who want to enjoy the association of the Lord. They enter into the planets, to planets. There are innumerable to planets. And the Lord, Supreme Lord, Sri Krishna, by his plenary expansion as Narayana with four hands, with different names, Paddhamna, Anududdha, and Madhav, Govinda, there are many innumerable names of these four-handed Narayan. Uh, so, one of the planets, that is also Madhav, that is also within the spiritual nature. So, any transcendentalist who at the end of life, Either he thinks of the Brahma-jyoti, or meditates upon the Paramatma or thinks of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. And in either case, they enter into the spiritual sky, but only the devotees those who have practice, personal touch uh, with the Supreme Lord, they enter into the uh, Vaikuntha planets or in the Golok vrindavan planet. The Lord says, sa yati na hasti There is no doubt. One should not disbelieve. That is the question. So you are reading Bhagavad Gita throughout the whole life. But when the Lord speaks something which does not tally with our imagination, we reject it. That is not the process of Bhagavad Gita reading. Just like what said, the sarva manne I believe in everything, whatever you have said. Similarly, here, hearing, the Lord says that at the time of death, whoever thinks of Him, either as Brahmā or Paramātmā, or the personality of God. Certainly, he enters into the spiritual sky and there is no doubt about it. One should not disbelieve it. And the process is, general rule is also stated in the Bhagavad-gītā, how one can how it is possible to get in the spiritual kingdom simply by thinking of the Supreme at the time of death. Because the general process is also mentioned. (laughs) yanyaṁ vāpiṣmarana bhāvam kalevaram taṁ aiti kaunteya sadā There are different bhāvas. Now, this material nature is also one of the bhāvas, as I have already explained, that this material nature is also the display of one of the energies of the Supreme Lord. And in the Vishnu Purat uh, the total energies of the Supreme Lord has been summarized. Vishnu Shapti Parapopta Kitrugya Tathapara Avidya Karmasanga Anya Tidya Satrishati the only energies potencies of the the Supreme Lord, has diverse energies, innumerable energies, which he uh, cannot conceive. But uh, great learned sages, liberated souls, they have studied and they have summarize the whole energies into three parts, into three headings. The first is so all the energies are um, uh, Vishnu Shakti. All the energies, the different potencies of the Lord Vishnu. Now that that energy is para, transcendental, and khetragya tatha para, and the living entities khetragya, they are also belonging to the group of that superior energy, as it is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita. Also, we have already explained, and the other energies, the material energy. Is tithya karma sanga anya, the other energy is in the mode of ignorance. That is material energy. So material energy is also bhagavad bhav. So at the time of death either we can remain in the material energy or this material world or we can transfer into the spiritual world that is the question so the bhagavad gita says yaga yaga vipasmanubhavam tajattanti kalivanam tam tameva aitikanteya sada tadbhavaha now As you are accustomed to think, eh, either of this material energy or of the spiritual energy. Now, how to transfer the thinking, the thinking of the material energy, how it can be transferred into into thinking of the spiritual energy. So for thinking in the spiritual energy, the Vedic literatures are there. Just like thinking in the material energies, there are so many literatures, newspapers, magazines, novels, fictions, and So many things, full of literatures. So our thinking are absorbed in these literatures. Similarly, if we want to transfer our thinking in the spiritual atmosphere, then we have to transfer our reading capacity the Vedic literature. They uh, learned sages. Therefore made so many Vedic literatures, the Puranas. The Puranas are not stories, they are, they are historical records. They and the Chaitanya Chaitamrita there is a verse which reads as follows Anadi Bohimog jeev Krishna Bhuli Gela ataye Krishna Ved Purana Korila. That is, uh, forgetful uh, living entities, conditioned souls, they have forgotten the relationship with the Supreme Lord and they are engrossed in thinking of the material activities and just to transfer their thinking power to the spiritual capacity. The Krishna of Vyas, he has made so many Vedic literatures. Vedic literature means first he divided the Vedas into four, then he explained them by the Puranas, then for the incapable persons, just like three Shudra Vaisha. he made the Mahabharata, and in the Mahābhārat he introduced this Bhagavad Gita. Then again he summarized the whole Vedic literature in the Vedānta-śūtra. And the Vedānta-śūtra, for future guidance, he made a natural commentation by himself which is called Śrīmad-bhāgavataṁ. bhagavatam is called bhasayam Brahma Sutranam. It is the natural commentation of Vedanta Sutra. So, all these literatures, if we transfer our thought, tata-bhāva-bhāvitā, Bhavita, Sada, Sada bhava Bhavita, one who is engaged always, just like the materialist is always engaged in reading. Some material literature, like newspaper magazines, and fiction, novel, etc., and so many scientific or philosophy, all these things uh, are of different degrees of thought. Similarly, if we transfer that reading capacity for this Vedic literature, as presented by, as very kindly presented by, and by Dev, then it is quite possible for us to remember at the time of death the Supreme Law. That is the only way suggested by the Lord Himself. Not suggested is the fact. nastri atra Undoubtedly, there is no doubt about it. tasmā, the Lord suggests that, therefore, tasmā sarvīśu kālīśu sumam anusmarā juddhāsā. He advises Arjuna that mām anusmarā juddhāsā. He does not say, that you simply go on remembering Me and give up your present occupational duty. No, no. That is not suggested. The Lord never suggests something impractical. This material world, to maintain this body, one has to work. The work is divided. And four divisions of social order. Brahman, Kshatriya, vaiṣa, śūdra, the intelligent class of the society, they are working in a different way. And the administrator class of society, they are also working in a different way. The mercantile society, the productive society, they are also working in a different way. And the laborer class, they are also working in different way. And the human society, either as laborer or as mercantile man or as politicians, administrators, or as the highest class of, intelligent class of men in literary career, scientific researches. Everybody is engaged in some work, and one has to work, struggle for existence. The Lord advises that you need not give up your occupation, but at the same time you can remember ma That will make you, that will help you in remembering Me at the time of death. If you don't practice remembering Me always, along with your struggle for existence, then it is, it is not possible. It is not possible. The same thing is advised by Lord Caitanya. kīrtanyā sadāḥ sadāḥ One should practice to chant the name of the Lord. Always the name of Lord and the Lord is not different. So here, The instruction of Lord Krishna to Arjuna that, ma'am Anusmara, you just remember me. And Lord Chaitanya's instruction that you chant always the name of Krishna. Here, Krishna says that you always remember me or you remember Krishna. And Lord Chaitanya says, You always chant the name of Krishna. So there is no difference. Because Krishna and Krishna's name are non different. In the absolute, in the absolute status, there is no difference between one thing and another. That is the absolute status. the, The Lord being absolute, there is no difference between his name and himself. So we have to practice like that. Tasma service, Always, 24 hours, we have to mold our activities of life in such a way that we can remember. 24 hours. How it is this possible? Yes, it is possible. It is possible a very crude example is set by the charges in this connection. And what is that example? It is said that a woman who is attached to another man, Although she has got a husband, still he is attached to another man. And this of attachment becomes very strong. This is called parokyaros either in case of man or woman. If a man has got attachment for another woman besides his wife, or a woman has got attachment for another man besides his husband, that attachment is very strong. That attachment is very strong. So the acharyas give this example as a bad character woman who has got attachment for other husband, She always thinks, at the same time, shows her husband that she is very much busy in the family affairs, so that her husband may not doubt her character. So as she is always remembering the time of meeting with her lover at night, in spite of doing all this household work very nicely. Similarly, one has to remember the Supreme Husband, Sri Krishna. Ah. Always, in spite of doing his material duties very nicely, that is possible. It requires a, a, a stern a strong sense of love. When you have got a strong sense of love for the Supreme Lord, then it is possible that we can go on discharging our duty at the same time remember the Lord. So we have to develop that sense. Just like Arjuna was always thinking of Lord. He and uh, out of 24 hours, not for a second he could forget Krishna. Uh, constant companion of Krishna. At the same time, a warrior. Lord Krishna did not advise Arjuna to give up his fighting, go to the forest, go to the Himalaya and meditate. And when yoga system was advised to Arjuna, Arjun declared that this system is not possible for me. Then the Lord said, yoginamari Sarvesa, madgata sarvesāṁ madgata-antra-ātmanā. madgatīna-antra-ātmanā siddhāvān sami So one who thinks of the Supreme Lord always. He is the greatest yogi. He is the uh, supermost gyni, and uh, he is also the greatest devotee at the same time. The Lord advises, the tasmā sarvīśu kālēśu maam anusmarā yuddhas. As a kshatriya, you cannot give up your fighting business. You have to fight. So at the same time, if you practice remembering Me always, then it will be possible, hanta-kāle then it will be possible to remember Me also at the time of death māyā kito mano buddhī māmeva Again, he says that there is no doubt. If one is completely surrendered into the service of the Lord, into the transcendental loving service of the Lord, māyā kito mano buddhī, Because we work not with our body, actually, we work with our mind and intelligence. So if our intelligence and mind are always engaged in the thought of the Supreme Lord, then naturally our senses are also engaged in the service of the Lord. That is the secret of Bhagavad-gītā. One has to learn this art, how one can be absorbed both by the mind and intelligence. Twenty-four hours thinking of the Lord. And that will help one to transfer Himself into the kingdom of God, or in the spiritual atmosphere, after uh, leaving this material body. The modern scientists, they are trying for years and years together, for reaching the moon planet, and they have no approach as yet. But here in the Bhagavad-gītā, here is a suggestion. Suppose a man lives for another fifty years, and he... So uh, nobody tries to um, elevate himself in the spiritual ideas for fifty years. That's a a uh, very good idea. But even for ten years or five years one sincerely tries for this practice. Maya vitamanavudti. It is simply a question of practice. Uh, and that practice can be uh, very easily possible by the devotional process sravanam sravanam the easiest process is to hear sravanam kirtanam vishnu smaranam padu sevanam archanam vandanam dasam dakhamas med these nine processes so the easiest process is simply hearing hearing of this Bhagavad-gītā, or smad-bhāgavatam, from the realized person, that will train up oneself, one, uh, into the thoughts of the Supreme Being, twenty-four hours, which will lead one, ultimately, antakali, to remember the Supreme Lord, and thus so leaving this body, he will have a spiritual body, a spiritual body, just fit for association with the Lord. The Lord therefore says, abhyāsa-yuga-yuktīna-cītusā-nyānyu-gāminā paramaṁ nyanyu divnaṁ yāci pārtha-anu-cintayaṁ cintayam Constantly thinking of himself only uh, it is not very typical process one has to learn this process from the experienced person in this life that bigyan artsa gurumeva with a one should approach a person who is already in the practice uh, so abhyasa this is called abhyasa yog practice how to remember the Supreme Lord always. Cheetah The mind. The mind is always flying to this, to that. And so one has to practice, to concentrate the mind into the uh, form of the Supreme Lord, Sri Krishna. Always. Or any sound in his name which is very easier. Uh, instead of concentrating my mind, my mind may be very hmm, rest, restless, going hither and thither. But I can concentrate my ear into the sound vibration of Krishna, and that will also help me. That is also vyasa cīta-sā-nārma-gāminā paravaṁ purusam, the yeah, Supreme Personality of Godhead in the spiritual kingdom, in the spiritual sky, one can approach uh, Anujintayana uh, constantly thinking. So, These processes, the ways and means, all are stated in the Bhagavad Gita, and there is no bar for anyone. It is not that uh, that a particular class of men can approach. Thinking of Lord Krishna is possible. Hearing of Lord Krishna is possible by everyone. And the Lord says in the Bhagavad Gita, Manipa tu pepa sritya jeevi su paapujum, Striya sujata kavishya steeviyanti parangu king, Kingpunam brahmana punya bhaktara jyosheya satha Asukam anittam asukhandu kang nivang prapa vajasamam. The Lord says, that, that even uh, a a human being, in the lowest status of life, lowest status of life, or even a fallen woman, or a mercantile man, or a liberal class of man, the mercantile class of man, The liberal class of men and the women class, they are counted in the same category, because uh, their intelligence is not so developed. But the Lord says, they also, or even lower than them, mahadhi parta viparsitva not only they, or lower than them, or anyone, it does not matter who is he or who is he, anyone, who accepts this principle have bhakti-yoga and accept the Supreme Lord as the samambonam of life, the highest Target, highest goal of life. Mahagi Partava paragati. That Paragati in the spiritual God- kingdom and the spiritual sky. Everyone can approach. Simply, one has to practice the system. That system is hinted in the Bhagavad Gita very nicely. And one can Adopt it, and make his life perfect, and and make a permanent solution of life. That is the sum and substance of the whole Bhagavad-gītā. Therefore, the conclusion is that Bhagavad-gītā is a transcendental uh, literature which one should read very carefully. gita shastra śāṣṭra-midaṁ yapa prajata And the result will be, if he properly follows the instruction, then he can be freed from all miseries of life, all anxieties of life, all fears of life in this life, as well as you will get a spiritual life in the next life. Gita dhyana para pranayama parasacha naiva papani another advantage is that if one reads Bhagavad-gītā very sincerely and with all seriousness, then by the grace of the Lord, the reactions of His past misdeeds, uh, will not act upon Him. The Lord says uh, uh, very, very loudly in the Bhagavad-gītā, in the last portion, aham Tang sarupapibhva mokha The Lord takes the responsibility, one who surrenders unto the Lord, he takes the responsibility to uh, indemnify eh uh, to indemnify from all actions of sins malanirmochanang punsham jalasnanaadi dine dine jalasnanam dine dine sakrit geetam ushi snanam samsaram malam nasanam One cleanses oneself daily by taking bath in the water. But one who takes one's bath in the sacred Ganges water of Bhagavad-gītā, his, uh, the dirty material life is altogether vanquished gītā-sukītā-kartabhya-kimanna-i-sāstra-viṣṭra-i-yāsyaṁ i yasyam padmana mukha Because Bhagavad-gītā is spoken by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, therefore uh, people should, uh, uh, people may not these all other Vedic literatures. Simply, if we attentively and regularly reads and hears Bhagavad Gita, Gita Kartavya, and one should adopt these means by all means. Gita Asvita Kartavya, kiman sastra Sastu because at the present age. People are embarrassed with so many things that it is hardly possible to divert their attention in all the Vedic literatures. This one literature will do because it is the essence of all Vedic literature, and especially as spoken by the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Bharatam ammitasarvasyaṁ Vishnu Bhaktiat Vinissatam Gita Gambu Dakam unar Unarjanman Abidati as it is said that one who drinks the water of the Ganges, he also gets salvation. Then what to speak of Bhagavad Gita? Bhagavad Gita is the nectar. In the whole Mahabharata and spoken by Vishnu. Lord Krishna is the original Vishnu. Vishnu Bhakta Ganesitam. It is coming out of the mouth of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And Gangodakam Ganges is said to be emanated from the lotus feet of the Lord, and uh, Bhagavad-gītā is uh, emanated from the mouth of the Lord. Of course, there is no difference between the mouth and the feet of the Supreme Lord. Uh, Still, uh, from neutral position we can study. That Bhagavad Gita is even more important than the Ganges quarter. Sarvopanishadu dukdha Dugdha Gopalanandana Partha Vasa Sudhi Bhukta Dugdhang Gita Mritang Maha. Just uh, this Gito it's just like a cow, and the Lord is famous as cowboy, and He was milking this cow, sarva And it is the essence of all Upanishads and, and represented as the cow. And the Lord being expert cowboy, He is milking the cow. And Partha Vasa. And Arjuna is just like the cup. And Sudhir Bhokta, and learned scholars and pure devotees, they are to take this milk. Sudhir Bhokta Dhurtam, Gita (coughs) they The nectar, the milk of Bhagavad Gita is meant for. Learn it devotees Evang Shastram Devaki Butra Gitam Eka Deva Devaki Butra Eva Eka Mantras Tasha Navani Jani Karma Karmopi Egang Tasha Devasa Seva. Now the world should learn. From the Bhagavad Gita, the lesson, Even Sastram Devaki Putra Gita. There is one scripture only, one common scripture for the whole world, for the people of the whole world, and that is this Bhagavad Gita Deva Devaki Putra Eva. And there is one God for the whole world. Sri Krishna and Eka Mantrasthas Navani, and one hymn, mantra, one hymn only, one prayer, or one hymn is to chant His name Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Rama Rama Hare yeka mantras tasya nāvāṇi jāni mm-hmm. karmāp yekaṁ tasya And there is one work only, that is, to serve the Supreme Personality of God. If one learns from Bhagavad-gītā that the people are uh, very much anxious to have one religion, one God, one scripture, and one business or one activity of life. This is summarized in the Bhagavad Gita that one one God is Krishna. Krishna is not sectarian God. Krishna, from the name of Krishna, Krishna means as we have explained. Above. Krishna means the greatest place. So, therefore.